Welcome to the Intellectual Freedom Podcast. Here we analyze politics, culture, technology, and society at large through the lens of critical thinking and open-mindedness, not demagoguery and partisan hyperbole. I am Dr. David Hopkins, Humanities Professor, your host and guide. So without further delay, let's get started. What has been is what will be. And what has been is what will be done, and there is nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of which it is said, see, there is new? It has been already in the ages before us. There is no remembrance of former things, nor will there be any remembrance of later things yet to be among those who come after. There's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new under the sun. That quote that I just started with, was from the Bible, actually, in the book of Ecclesiastes. King Solomon wrote those words almost, oh, who knows, sometime before 920 B.C. We have been warned over and over by spiritual leaders, philosophers, and intellectuals since then. Well, even since the beginning of time, really, of the trappings of modern materialism and the trappings of stuff. None of this is new. None of this is groundbreaking, yet so often we fail to listen to the warnings of the greatest minds of our time. Today I want to take a hard look at the dizzying, fast-paced consumer culture that clutters not just our houses and our closets, but clutters our mind. Let's spend some time to consider the opposite of what culture and society tell us we should do and identify ways our lives are being wasted, that we can live more fully. The thesis is we can revolutionize our lives if only we learn to identify and cut out the unnecessary shackles society tries to bind us with. I want to talk about intellectual minimalism in this podcast. It's around 19, or not 19, 2014 or so, Joshua Fields Milborn and another guy named Ryan Nicodemus, they wrote a book, and you may have heard of it, called Everything That Remains. And it brought back into vogue this idea of minimalism. Now, in the context of the book, the focus was on reducing your material stuff. In fact, moving the total of things you own to a hundred total items or less. I mean, these people went on a tour and I believe they detoxed themselves down to only owning three or 30 different items. Yeah, that was the sum total of every possession that they had. They sold literally everything else. Now, not sure many of us could ever go that extreme, but really there is no set rule. I mean, No matter how hardcore you may or may not go in a minimalistic lifestyle, it basically is about removing clutter from all facets of your life, which gives you a newfound freedom. Minimalism is this lifestyle. It helps people question what things add value to their life because you're forced to make decisions. And by clearing that clutter from your life's path, We make room for the most important aspects of life, health, relationships, passions, growth, contributions. The idea is in life, by decluttering your stuff and your things, you create a simplicity 
which creates clarity and singleness. This is needed as we really are very prone, especially in America, to surround ourselves with stuff or things. It is so extreme in this country. There is an entire self-storage industry that's over $39 billion. And in America, there are between 40 to 60,000 self-storage facilities across this country. So when you think about it, in America, we have the largest home size, between about 1,600 to 1,700 square feet. In addition to that, we have more self-storage facilities than anywhere else in the world. So we have the biggest houses, we have the most storage facilities, and what for? So we can buy more stuff and put more stuff into storage. Now, if you have a storage facility, how often do you actually grab that stuff? Or maybe you don't need a self-storage facility because you have this massive basement under your house and that thing is just brimming with stuff. And when you got to find something and dig yourself out of it, you know how much stuff you have. And so this idea of a minimalism, it's a it's really important and it's valid. So minimal, minimalizing physical possessions, that's one thing. And it is really important to avoid being that obnoxious person obsessed with stuff. Yet I'm more concerned with decluttering the mind in this podcast, not your closet. Even though I do think that you probably have more shoes, clothes, and stuff than you ever will need. And some of it, let's be honest, you're never going to wear it. And do I do the same thing? Nobody ever accused me of being some fashionista for sure, but I know I have more stuff that I need. So if we're honest, you have clutter in your life if you are the average American. Mentally, as a nation, we're even worse. Data from a group called IQVIA is formerly known as IMS Health. This company is the main provider of information services and technology for the healthcare industry. And it actually is the largest vendor that U.S. physicians use in prescribing data. So we know what physicians are prescribing as far as medication. And this data was extracted in February 2020. And when I ran across this, is absolutely stunning. Over 78 million Americans are right now on a psychiatric drug. Antidepressants, 45 million Americans. 32 million of Americans on anti-anxiety medications. Another 24 million are on mood stabilizers. And if you add these up, obviously some are on multiple medications. And I didn't even begin to touch on prescription pain medications, which is off the charts. So next year, even it's going to be even worse next year because I gave you those numbers from February. Well, numbers in some studies are starting to show that since COVID-19 and the lockdown, it's believed that the anti-anxiety prescriptions have risen by 34%. Antidepressant prescriptions up 18.6%. Anti-insomnia prescriptions 14.8%. To say there's a mental health crisis is by no means stunning anymore. We've known that this is going on. But with right now at 78 million Americans on these drugs, by next year, if these increases and in these anticipations anticipated increases hold by 2021 
it could balloon, balloon to being over 90 million Americans. That's 20 to 25% of our entire population just on psychiatric drugs. It's completely and it's utterly unacceptable. Look, I don't want to focus on those people where there's a true valid issue. We know that there are cases where it's necessary, but we need to, we, we, we really need to look at these pharmaceutical giants and what they're selling to whom and how we saw this industry is capable of do what it would do for profit with Oxycontin. And it took tens of thousands of deaths and hundreds of lawsuits to slow down the madness before the drug companies were held accountable. We can't wait for some other, something else, another shoe to drop in that regard. The sad fact is we're a pill culture, an easy fix culture, a sedate me so I can forget and not feel anything culture. But we don't have to be like that. In this podcast, let's talk about how to not just survive, but to thrive using this minimalistic mindset. So if you're stressed right now, you're anxious, you're angry, you're frustrated, you're worried, or all those emotions that are constantly cluttering your mind, let's talk about what you and I can do to achieve peace of mind without any drugs, and they're really simple and straightforward things. So let's talk a little bit about mental minimalism. The first thing that you can do is you can reduce the noise in your mind. Let's face it, you wake up in the morning, you check your phone, you take a shower, you check your phone, you sit down to eat your breakfast, you check your phone, you sit down maybe to turn on the TV before you work. You go to work, you check your phone, you get in your car, turn on the radio, and you probably check your phone. Even when you're driving down the road when you're not supposed to or at a traffic light, you check your phone. You go to work, you turn on your computer, you check your phone, you run through your day doing really important stuff. All the while, politics works, kids, school, money, all swirling nonstop in your brain. And to decompress, you sit down after all this is over at the end of the day and you're watching your cable news. And yes, you check your phone. Oh, and then right before you go to bed, you check your phone. Let's face it. You need to declutter your brain. You need to slow it down. And maybe even for a while, just stop the noise. Just like the minimalist would do if he's cleaning out their closet. You need to clean out your mind. You need to cut out stuff that you're investing mental energy in and you need to throw it away. What is it, you ask me? What needs to be focused on and what needs to go away? Here's a hint. If it's causing you unneeded stress or anxiety, you need to minimize it. If at the end of the day, you can't validate the hundred times you check your phone because you got value out of it, you need to minimize it. And you need to increase the time you're investing or start investing time in positive personal time, like reading a book, as I've talked about in podcasts, or spend more quality time with family, or invest time in creative processes or a new business idea. Whatever it is, put that cell phone away, get it away from you, turn that TV off, and declutter it. I know I've talked about this before too, but you have to put down your phone. You need to turn off your TV. I do too. I have made in incredible strides 
after that period of COVID-19 lockdown where I was spending so many hours, I got to a point, it's like, wow, I have got to stop this drama-focusing TV, mind-numbing Netflix binging. So if you don't stop to consider carefully, honestly, and detailed what nonsense and worthless things you keep feeding yourself, you can't declutter. I challenge you to take a half day. Just try this. Take a half day off from work. Take a Friday or a Saturday or a Sunday morning or a Friday evening. I don't know when you want to do it. And you need to declutter your mind. You need to figure out what app, what TV show, what thing is cluttering up your mind. And once you have that thing in your sights, you need to kill it. And you need to fill up that thing with something else. That leads to the second thing. The mental minimalist is, is it's a life of intentionality. We too often just let stuff happen and we just zombie walk through life and we don't pay attention to what's going on. But a life of intentionality, it's marked by clarity, purpose. At its core, it means promoting the things you most value and removing everything that distracts us from it. It is that simple, but you and only you have the ability to reshape your mental energy. It is not going to happen automatically by magic. There's no magic pill. There's no magic potion. There's no magic wand. You have to intentionally do this. You can't blame other people for the monopolization of your mind, you have to find a way to make changes. And really, maybe you can't make huge earth-shattering changes in one day, but you can guaranteed as soon as you're done with this podcast, you can take a baby step one day in, one day out. There really is no other way except being intentional. The mental minimalists, they live a life that forces this on you. And as a result, improvements will be forced to happen. It looks different for everybody as no two individuals could are the same, but it requires each of us to dive deeper and become more introspective about our values and our passions. Every day, you need to try and form habits. And live out habits that feed those things that make you happy. Then very naturally your brain is going to declutter with the nonsense. As you slowly move more and more energy towards those important things, all that superficial, ridiculous nonsense becomes less and less. Another one, it's freedom from the modern mania. Modern culture made us all buy into this lie that we, through our mental energy and effort, can fix pretty much anything, that we can know everything and everything is oh so important in all that we do every day. It's so important, you just have to keep going, going, going. Our world just runs at a feverish pace. We're too hurried, we're too rushed and too stressed. We work long, passionate hours to pay bills, but fall deeper into debt all the time. We rush from one activity to another, even multitasking along the way, but never seem to get anything done. We remain in constant connection with others through our cell phones, but true life-changing relationships continue to elude us. We wear that badge of honor of I'm so busy as if it validates our own importance. How many events with family, how many invitations from friends have you turned down 
because you were quote unquote too busy or quote unquote too tired after a day of being too busy. If you're like most people, it's probably many times. I would ask you to consider the opposite of the badge of honor of busyness. That being oh so busy all day, every single day, that is nothing to be proud of. It's a failure to be free from the stuff that's going on physically and mentally. It's a failure to prioritize and it is really injuring people psychologically. Becoming a minimalist is going to slow down life and it's going to free you from this modern hysteria to live faster. It offers freedom to disengage, seeks to keep only the essential things at the front. It aims to remove the frivolous and keep the significance. It values the intentional mental energies that add value to your life. It's really you stepping off the treadmill of being also in charge of everything all the time because you're not in charge of everything and you never will be no matter how hard you want to work, you don't. And that mental minimalist attitude, it dares you to seek happiness outside of what culture keeps preaching at you. It values relationships, experiences, and interpersonal and spiritual growth. Growth. It lets... It lets us see all that we already have and reminds us that we need to be grateful for the things we do have. And when you do this, you're going to have a more abundant life. It's guaranteed. Nothing else could happen but that. Another thing, it's freedom from duplicity. So let's be honest. We have all been a bit guilty of some deliberate deceptiveness in behavior or speech at some point in our lives. We've tried to be who we were not to impress people we don't really know, or maybe we don't even really like them. Some of us play that game every single day. A mental minimalist drops that silly superficial facade and those masks that we put off and on for society. Although nobody, I don't believe anybody intentionally chooses to put on these masks and pretend to be somebody they're not all the time. But the fact is, most of most people, you and I both, we live in duplicity. We we live one life around family, one life around coworkers, another around neighbors. the The lifestyle that we choose requires us to portray this image, this external image, dependent upon circumstances. You, I, all of us were tossed and turned by the most recent advertising campaign or the demands of the employer or what we perceive the people in the community expect us to be or want us to be. Those pressures can force us into this life of duplicity. But it's incredibly liberating to just be your authentic self, intellectually, all the time, to everyone. Another thing, a mental minimalist is counterculture. This is one of the best reasons for adopting a mental minimalist lifestyle. You will not be like everyone else. You won't be like the crowd, the sheep, the masses. We live in this world that idolizes celebrity, mass media, social media. They're always holding up this image of the beautiful, busy, type A achievers living their best lives. Oh, yeah, it's always beautiful. It's always busy. It's professional. It's full of bluster and pride. And these are the images of the gold standard that are envied by so many in American culture. It's almost like we're supposed to be stressed, busy, and on the go. Is it any wonder people are mentally fatigued seeking medications or just worn out at the end of the day 
and completely without energy or passion, the culture is just sapping us of all of our own individual passions and things we want to pursue. However, people who live simple lives are not championed by culture in that same way. They don't fit into the consumerist culture that is promoted by the corporations and social media and politicians. They, they live a life that's attractive and inviting beyond that fake superficiality that we see out there. While most people are chasing after success, glamour, fame, minimalism calls out with a quieter voice, a calmer voice. It says, you don't have to be involved with that. How about you just slow down? How about you just consume less? How about you just enjoy more? And I know all of us have met that someone or know that person or have known a person that lived a very simple life. We often recognize that, that we can we were chasing the wrong things and that person, that person really brings it to the forefront. They speak calmly. They're not stressed out. They're kind. They're empathetic. They're not angry all the time at everything. When you see those people, almost certainly, they probably never even considered themselves a mental minimalist or not, but probably most certainly they were. The great thing and the last thing I want to talk about, it is completely achievable. Being a mental minimalist is is easy, really. What you need to do, first, you need to define a schedule all day. You need to invest time figuring out where your time is going. You need to physically see where you're at, but not just physically, but mentally. You can't you can't declutter your closet until you step into the closet and look at the closet and the shelves and what's on the ground and the boxes, etc., etc., until you're looking at the closet. You have to be looking in there. And you need to mentally look at your life. Mentally. Where do you spend your time mentally? Where's your mental energy going? At what points and what things do you experience stress, anxiety, anger? What are you doing when you experiencing when you experience those feelings? How could you avoid it from happening? How many hours did you just stare at a phone scrolling through posts? Maybe it wasn't hurting you, but it was just a nothing burger. Just a just a nothing eat up 30, 40 minutes of time and before you know it, an hour's gone. And, and you didn't do anything with it. You need to see what's sapping your energy, your passion, and your time. And then figure out how to make incremental changes. Separate yourself. Do this. Just sit down. Think. Reflect. Journal. Jot down ideas. I don't know what works best for you. But you're smart enough to figure it out. The key is... How you do your self evaluation. The key isn't, you know, how you do that self evaluation, but just that you do it. Start today. In our modern culture, we're terrible at self reflection and self evaluation because, again, mentally and physically, we're running on a rat wheel, chasing stuff all day, every day. Who has time to sit back and self reflect and self evaluate? Well, you need to. You need to do it. You can't. You won't. It isn't possible to find true peace, true personal growth, reaching your best self, just reaching a nice, calm state of mind if you mentally 
are so cluttered with things of the world that you have no time to stop and think and reflect. I challenge you today to a self-diagnosis of your mind where you spend your mental energy. What is causing the mental stress? What's causing the anxiety and the anger? Cut it out or minimize it. And at the same time during this self-diagnosis, what are you wasting your time on? And then finally, what are the things that you do in your life or would like to do or would bring happiness, joy, passion? You need to invest more mental energy in that area. Maybe it's only 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes a day. I don't know what it is. You need to be intentional with it. Just like you can be a minimalist and you can declutter your life of stuff. You could, after you finish this podcast, walk into your closet and clean out your closet. Donate extra stuff that you that you don't need. You could do the same thing mentally and not, not burn hardly any calories. You can sit down in a quiet spot by yourself and you can begin to declutter your mind. Find those things. Stress, anxiety, anger. Find them. Identify what's going on when you're experiencing them slowly with a surgical knife. Just cut out little pieces of it every day. And in its place, don't fill it up with Netflix. Fill it up with something that makes you happy and positive and energetic. Maybe it's so simple as you just go for a walk and leave your cell phone at home. You don't have to solve the problems of global hunger, but slowly, intentionally change your mindset, become a mental minimalist. It will definitely be worth it for you. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. I hope you found value in this topic. Make today the day you start to reflect mentally, to declutter your mind, clean it up, Turn your life's mental energy to positive, rewarding actions that add value to your life. Remember, I generally publish new episodes every Monday and Wednesday. So if you click like or follow, you will be alerted whenever these new episodes come available. Until the next episode, I hope you have a wonderful week.